Hi, everybody. This is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 164. It's now been four years, five months, and 13 days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. Oh, my feet still aren't up to hiking yet, but they are improving. Yay! So here we are back down on the podcast rock at my local park. Today we'll meet some new BCs, hear some updates from old friends, get thoughts about last show, and I'll give you some tips about writing affirmations. So, after we listen to our inspirational snippet of Circle by Hartley, I'll share what I'm pondering and embracing today. Take a step back, look around. Breathe in the air, let down your hair, just listen to the sounds. Think about where we have been. The joy we shared with friends who care and all the things we've seen. You know, one of the reasons why I love that song by Hartley is because it reminds me of sitting up at the next to upper Zen spot up on the mountain. That place that brings me the most peace and joy in my entire life. And yet, as I sit down here in the local park on the podcast rock, listening to kids play, hearing the birds, even the bees, (laughs) I'm still happy. And that's what I want to embrace today, is developing in myself positivity as a more usual outlet. To be honest with you, for most of my life, I tended to go to the negative, and I've often wondered about that. But I got an answer the other day when I was listening to one of my meditation teachers that I frequently listen to on Insight Timer. Well, this teacher said, Affirmations don't have to be positive. Affirmations are just what you tell yourself over and over again. Wow, affirmations don't have to be positive because we're always used to that. You know, I'm getting better in each and every way, better every day, that kind of thing. But it's true, think about it. How often have you told yourself something bad about yourself? like you're a failure or that you're ugly or you're never going to do it or you're never going to mount anything or that you always get mixed up or that you have a bad temper, whatever that might be. We tell ourselves a lot of these negative thoughts all the time until it's like a soundtrack to our life over and over and over again. And I tell you, BCs, a lot of what we experience in life has to do with these pathways that we've built inside our brain. Just like I built in chips as a coping mechanism. So when I got upset or nervous or anxious, I would unthinkingly go to the cupboard and rummage around and looking for chips or chip-like foods because that's what I was used to doing. And I have to say, even though I've been doing this show for over four years, it still can be a bit of a challenge at times, though nowhere near as hard as when I first started trying to think about the emotions instead of just automatically going for the chips. 
Now again, this is talking about food purely as an emotional coping mechanism. I know that there are some theories out there and some of you have had experience where certain foods themselves can trigger almost like a chemical reaction to you. Like some of the people who are very reactive to sugar, they have some sugar and it's almost like a drug. They want more sugar or the same with carbs, things like this. Now people have different reactions to different foods. That's true. And I'm not going to say that 100% this reaction is true and this reaction is false because there's a lot of different medical studies on these different topics. And there's a lot of things that you could research on these topics. But the main thing, as we've talked many times before, is how do different foods or different diets impact you? But that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about the physical attributes of foods so much as those of us who have an emotional component to our eating. What do we do? What do we think about? Why is it that even though we know in our rational mind, wow, eating a half a bag of chips is not going to help this disappointment in any way. You know, if I was disappointed because I didn't get a job from a voice acting audition that I thought I nailed, well, eating chips is not going to get me a job. What might help me get a job is practicing some more or marketing or reaching out to people who hire voices like me. That might actually help me. But how many of you in the throes of disappointment would say, oh, I'm so disappointed now. Let me look at my list of 10 positive things to do and let me go do it. Well, if you did, hooray for you. <laughs> if I could do that, hooray for me. That's actually where I'm trying to go with this, is to develop some positive coping mechanisms, to redo that part of my brain that wants to hurt me in some way or just through laziness or through 50 years of habit, just wanna go that way. Because there's nothing at all wrong with failing or having a lesser experience than what you thought when you attempt to do something. And there's some stuff in life that just happens to you. It's nothing to do with you, it just happens. And that's something I needed to learn too, is that 100% of life is not caused by me. There's some stuff just happens. So the trick is whether I quote unquote screwed something up or some blankety blank stuff just happened to happen to me and I feel hurt, disappointed, or put out in some way, how can I make it so that my life becomes more positive and that the things that I do become more self-caring and don't add to the problem by tearing myself down? Because when we say bad things to ourselves and tear ourselves down, it doesn't make us want to pick ourselves up and give something else a try. There's almost zero thing I can think of that is to be gained by falling into a pit of despair. Now, it's one thing to say, you know what? I just need some time away. I need some time myself to recharge, or I just need to let myself feel these feelings. So I'm going to wrap myself up in the comfy quilt for the next two days and watch reruns of Survivor because that's what I need to do. That's different. That's making a choice to feel better and care for myself right now, I'm going to do those things. And then I'm going to do this other thing. Because a lot of us, myself especially, in fact, that's where I get these ideas, BCs, I experiment on myself. We will just kind of let life push us around 
blows from one place to another, depending on what happens, like we're little floating leaves on the pond. Oh, I take this job. Oh, I'll do this thing. Oh, I'll do that. Uh-uh. When you're floating around in life, you usually don't get what you truly want, what your heart truly desires, or what will even do the best good for you or for the world as you see yourself in it. I found this to be true over the years. Well, Lori, what do we do then? Just saying that we love ourselves doesn't necessarily make it easier, right? I talked about that last time when I said every time you look in the mirror or you catch yourself in the window, just say I love you. And that's a very challenging thing for a lot of us to do. That's right. Because most of us, or many of us at least, have many, many years of the negative affirmations in our brain, making a worn pathway. Have you ever moved the furniture on a carpeted room and you see where the people walk is all beat down and what's under the sofa looks like brand new? That's kind of how we are in our brains. There's parts where we've told ourselves the same thing over and over and over and over and it's worn out. And unfortunately, usually that worn out path is that negative path. The bad things that we say to ourselves until we believe it's true and it is not true, BCs. Most things in life are not 100% this way or that way. Most of life is how we perceive life to be. Like, let's take a moment and let's just imagine. Let's say that what I would call 100 pounds overweight and having a really curvaceous figure and a big Buddha belly was considered the height of sexiness. Everybody wanted us for models. Everybody wanted us to wear their clothing at the premiere because our 100 pound overweight body was beautiful. How many of us would then be so gung-ho on dieting? Now I know some of us would say yes, but the health aspects of getting down some of that poundage is really important to me. But in our hearts of hearts, if society thought having 100 pounds extra on us was the best figure to possibly have, how many of you would actually be sneaking cheeseburgers and milkshakes trying to put on a few pounds? Right? <laughs> I don't mean to be facetious. Because what we weigh is actually something that can be measured. It's the amount of gravity that we're pushing down on us here on Earth, right? That's a number. We get on there. That's what we weigh. What size pants we can wear comfortably, that is something that's true or not true, right? I can either get into size 18W or I can't. That is true or not true. But how I feel about that fact is my perception. And in fact, I'm dealing with that. Because as I told you last time, my plantar fasciitis, this terrible, terrible pain in my feet. And if you don't know what plantar fasciitis is, go ahead and look it up on the internet. <laughs> but I tell you, it is not fun. I don't wish it on anybody. And you can have lesser case that goes away fairly quickly, or you can have real stubborn case that's very difficult to treat. There really is no cure. There's only kind of managing it and getting over flares of it and doing different things to try to take care of it. But bottom line, think of it as an overuse injury, kind of like carpal tunnel on your wrist. And what you do for that is you strap it up and you don't use that wrist is how you get over it. 
and I've not been able to really walk. And I don't mean like go for mile walks. I mean like walk. Like going from the sofa to the restroom is is very hard. And I have not enjoyed this at all. Now I can do a little bit of bike riding, but I have to watch it because I can accidentally aggravate this plantar fasciitis if I'm not extremely careful on the bike. So that's been kind of out too. I did find some yoga that I could do and from my back. I really can't do standing poses yet. I can, actually I could do a little bit now. But this has been kind of immobilizing me for almost six weeks now. I mean, literally immobilized. And I don't like that. That makes me upset. It really does. Now you might be laughing because I'm actually smiling as I'm telling you it makes me upset. But I'm proud of myself because I'm saying this makes me upset. And I have put on a little bit of weight, BCs, mostly because I've been sitting around and not really walking around. And a little bit, it isn't necessarily because I'm sad, but I'm bored. I'm bored out of my gourd. And if there's one thing that makes me eat more than stress in my affirmation pathway, it's my I'm bored. Because to me, cooking is fun, looking at recipes is fun, fixing things to eat is fun. And so what if I'm not actually hungry because I haven't been physically active? So I wouldn't say I've been binging because I haven't, but I've definitely been eating a little more than I need to given my amount of inactivity. So I'm a little bit on the higher side of my normal range. But the good news is it's not devastating to me. I see why this is happening. I can see what I should do about it. (laughs) And it's given me time as I'm sitting around to sample a lot, a lot, a lot of different meditations and learn about different meditation styles and to find different body stretches and different body scan techniques and doing everything I can to try to build a more positive pathway into my brain. So yes, PCs, my physical exercise has kind of not been there these last several weeks and may not for the next several weeks, but my mental exercise has just been stellar. I could be the brain champion, (laughs) like I did body for life trying to be a champion. I could be the brain for life champion because I've really been working my positivity. And at the end of this show, I'll share with you some of my tips about how I create effective affirmations to help me look at life in a more positive way. Live from our studio in beautiful La Crescenta. It's time for Lori's Afterthoughts. What? Additional reflection on today's topic. Well, I'm back home and just finished editing what I recorded down at the park. And I have to say, I actually feel pretty darn good about what I had to say about positivity and bringing that into my life for the Embrace segment. And in fact, the part that I love the most was where I could hear my big fat smile when I was saying I was upset. Because in voice acting, that's something that we talk about. How much smile in each part of the ad, right? So I'm used to thinking about smiling to emphasize brand names. But here I unconsciously smiled 
when I was saying I was upset versus going for the chips. And I really love that. The other thing that really struck me was when I was down at the park, I had the biggest feeling of pride in that I created Compulsive Overeating Diary. Now, that might seem obvious to you, but Compulsive Overeating Diary as a show is really kind of a private thing that just sort of took off for a while and it comes and goes and ebbs and flows. And it's not something that I go out of my way to announce to people that I do, just like many BCs don't like to like it on Facebook or <laughs> to admit that they listen to it because it's an embarrassing topic. It's pretty obvious if you like Compulsive Overeating Diary that you might have an issue with that. And when people say, oh, you're a podcaster, what's your show about? I've always been kind of, um, well, it's about, uh, and I hand them the card that I have with the name of the show. Because I don't really like to say, hey, it's about me dealing with an eating disorder, especially in a professional context, right? But somehow when I was down on the podcast rock today, it just was like a shower of pride that I felt as I was reading comments from different BCs, I thought, wow, without this show, these people wouldn't know each other or have this outlet or these stories might not be told. And I thought, this is really awesome. This is a cool thing that you've done. And for me, this is real progress that not only do I admit that I have dealt with all my life for compulsive overeating, but I'm actually starting to organically feel pride that I've come out to talk about it and that I brought us together as a group, not just among ourselves, but I feel pride. And the next time someone asks me what the show's about, I think I will say it's about how I deal with my compulsive overeating and my friends in the world who feel the same and their stories too. <laughs> that makes me feel awesome. Oh, man. Let's give a big round of applause and a warm welcome to our newest BCs, Linda and Charlotte. BC Linda posted on the last show, Hi, Lori. I've been frantically trying to listen to all the episodes before I commented, but I feel I needed to let you know that I value your honesty and have felt your company in a time of great loneliness in this cycle of binge-slash-compulsive eating. I relate to many of your listeners. It's great to hear you are loving yourself because you are worth it. I replied, Hi, Linda. What a great surprise to wake up to meet you. I'm happy that you found comfort and companionship here in our ragtag band of brave companions. Life has its hills and valleys, and it is so much easier to carry on with a laugh and a cry with those who understand. Welcome, and I look forward to getting to know more about you and your story, XO. New BC Charlotte posted these hellos on the blog post called My New Dream Diet. Charlotte writes, Hi, Lori. I discovered your podcast today and feel like you have thrown me a lifeline. I searched for a podcast to help after a night of horrific binge eating, and I found you. I listened to your most recent one and immediately went to the recording number one to start from the beginning. 
Our stories are so similar, and I'm hoping the insight you have gained for yourself will in turn help me to find my answers within myself. Thank you. I am so looking forward to listening to the remaining episodes. And I answered, Welcome, Charlotte. You deserve to put yourself on the bravery report for sure. It's not an easy thing to say out loud that you have had a binge episode, and reaching out is a powerful and wonderful step toward moving ahead along a path that would please you more. Thanks, too, for going back in time to listen to my story. I so hope that hearing from all of the other listeners, who we call Brave Companions or BCs, will inspire you to know that you are not alone and that there are many paths to try. If one doesn't resonate, try another. We are all unique and wonderful people who share some similar challenges. Please feel free to post on any of the shows, past or present, as the lessons we learn from considering your thoughts are always welcome. I also look forward to learning more of your story if you choose to share it XOXO. After the last show where I challenged you all to try the scary mirror exercise where you tell yourself I love you every time you catch a glimpse of yourself, BC Carrie had these comments to say. Hi, Lori. I enjoyed today's podcast and was happy to hear you do not have any plans to call it quits. I won't worry how long it takes for your next one if I know that one will be coming eventually. I will try your mirror exercise. I couldn't make myself try it yet today, as I overate all day and didn't want to look at myself, which is probably just when I needed to do it. I agree with your thoughts on wanting to turn to old binge behaviors because they're comfortable. Even when I have felt healthy for a period of time, the thought of giving up my binging or overeating bouts makes me a little sad, even though I know they make me feel bad in the end. Part of me wants to stop those behaviors forever, and another part wants me to hang on tight. Which side will win? Anyways, good luck with your feet issues. I hope they get better real soon, Carrie. Well, BCs, I think Carrie makes a really important point. How many of us have had a hard time being kind to ourselves just when we need it? And I wrote these thoughts back for Carrie. Hi, Carrie. I'm glad you enjoyed last show, and thanks again for all of your brave and real comments for me to include. I encourage you to try the mirror experiment for a week no matter what your eating is like. I know it's hard. It isn't to gaze into the mirror and say you love your image. That will come later, trust me. But you can love yourself and who you are every day. For example, it is no secret that my voice acting results are so slow in coming. Oh, I have one friend who is a voice in Incredibles 2, and another who just signed with a great animation agent who also heard me and passed for now. It would be easy, and my usual reaction, to tell myself that I just suck, or that I'm just not talented, or I'm just too old. But because I've been doing the mirror exercise for a while now, my new reaction was for my compassionate, encouraging voice to come out and say, I love you no matter what. Rome wasn't built in a day, and you have been making great progress. Someday, your voice will be the perfect one for a project. Keep on, and I'm proud of you, Lori, for staying on the path, no matter how windy it is. Goodness, I'm long-winded even in the mirror, laughing out loud. But really, my point is the critical voice that tears us down is a mind habit. The positive voice that encourages us can also become a habit— And which would you respond to more positively in times of trouble? Believe me, I know how hard it is. 
but I'm asking you to trust me in this. Every time you see yourself, just look into your eyes and say, I love you. Write back in a week or call the bravery hotline and let me know if it got any easier. And if you see a change in your inner critic, much love and hugs, XOXOXO. And then Carrie wrote back, Hi, Lori. Just a note to let you know I have been working on the mirror experiment, but it is not that easy. It's hard for me to make myself say it. It feels awkward and untrue, but I will continue trying and see what happens over time. Thanks for your positive encouragement, Carrie. Well, BCs, how about you? Were you brave enough to give the mirror exercise a try? How did it go? I'd love to hear from you. And on that note, let's wrap up today's afterthoughts with Mark telling us all the ways you can share on Compulsive Overeating Diary. Please announce yourself. Here are some ways you can participate in the show. One, call the Bravery Hotline at 206-350-6445. The number is also on every show page of CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. Two, post a comment on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. The episode URL is always CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com front slash D-A-Y with the number of the episode and no spaces. Three, for other features... And directions, visit the How to Send audio page on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. Oh, you BCs lift me up so much, and I love you for it. For example, BC Martha, who we met last show, posted this kind encouragement on the Compulsive Overeating Diary show page on Facebook. I just wanted to tell you how wonderful you are. I wish I were there to give you a big hug. I just discovered you and have gone back to the beginning and only on episode 11, which broke my heart because I am such an empath, but I feel like you are my sister on the other coast. You are impacting more than you could ever know. Thank you for being you. And to those of you for whom it's been a really long time since day 11, I'll remind you it was the day that I talked about pulling the plug on Daily Adventure Tales, my first podcast, and I also gave some examples of some of the most painful bullying that I had faced in my past. I appreciated Martha so much for posting, and I answered her. Hi, Martha. Thank you so very much for your kind words. I've been doing the show a little over four years now but I appreciate your empathy for what was at that time a very difficult day. Throughout the years, as you listen, you will hear my ups and downs as I come to grapple with the emotions under my eating. It's been very illuminating for me, and I treasure the support of all the listeners who have commented and shared their stories. Together, we have all created a place where we realize we aren't alone in our challenges, and I've learned as much from you all as you have from me. Thanks again. It means the world to me to know the show is still doing good in this world. XOXO. BC Dave also showed support and asked for some via letter and comments. Here are some of Dave's thoughts. Hi, Lori and all BCs. With a special welcome to the new BCs, Elizabeth, Svetlana, Danielle, Martha, Carrie, and San. I hope I did not miss anyone. I'm sending the email because I have listened to the last four podcasts in two days, so I will try to cover my thoughts here. I have been going through lots of ups and downs. It feels like a giant roller coaster. 
Unfortunately, I can't get out and disc golf, my new addiction, as much as I want, so I end up overeating as an attempt to numb. I think Mary asked about anxiety, and I want her to know it is a very real struggle. Everybody deals with it differently. If I can get away to disc golf, I usually spend two or so hours and most anxiety leaves, at least until the next day. However, when I can't get away, I deal with it poorly, indulging and overeating. I used to get drunk, or I numb in other ways. A while back, I decided to enter a disc golf tournament. Two weeks ago, I went to the course to practice. This course was new to me, and had I known how challenging it is, I would not have signed up for the tournament, I think. I have spent the last two and a half weeks stressing about whether or not I should drop out. This will make me the boundaries of my physical limitations and skill levels, I think. Where the anxiety comes from is what I have frequently given up when the struggle gets too rough. I also hate the learning curve slash journey. I just want to reach the goal, but I know I have to travel the journey regardless. I talk to my friend and my coach about the anxiety, and they both state they will understand if I drop out and will still respect me. But will I still respect me? Sharing the load helped lighten it. I have decided to stick it out and play in the tournament and do my best and push myself as needed. After typing this, I realize I need to change my internal dialogue from I hate the journey to I will take the journey to reach my goals. Also, I saw a quote recently, so you are afraid? Do it anyway. Thanks to all for listening and being there in thought and word. Dave also posted these heartfelt words about the show and all of you on day 162. Every time I get an email about Compulsive Overeating Diary, my heart jumps and I'm excited to hear from you and the BCs. To survive my life, I need Compulsive Overeating Diary. I'm sorry if that is melodramatic. Every time you publish another podcast, every time you read comments from BCs, every time I hear about new BCs, and every time we hear a call from a BC, it lifts me. I know I'm not alone. I see the light of hope. Every BC, of which both you and Mark are, feels like a hand up to me. Sometimes I don't respond because I'm in my own very dark place, and sometimes my emotions are just too strong. I appreciate all you and Mark do to bring this community together. Well, I answered Dave's comment. Hugs, Dave. We've all been there, myself included. Sometimes you just need time to rest and reflect. Thanks for letting us all know how all of the BCs positively impact you. I think sometimes we are so inward-facing, part of the compulsive mindset, that we forget how we can impact others and often easily in a good way. I'm trying to make an effort to smile at people more, as I've noticed we as a society are phone-focused or often scowling. Lots of things to worry about, lots of things we can't control. But working on self-love and acceptance is something we can do, and I think each of us species who do make an effort to send some positivity out into the world makes a change in all of our lives. Pretty cosmic zen, no, (laughs) laughing out loud. But really, dude, you have added so much here, and we love you and appreciate you. XOXOXOXOXOXOXOXO. P.S. Whatever you decided about your tournament, take it as feedback and respecting where you are. Sometimes it is worth it to me to be brave no matter what. And sometimes the bravest thing is to listen to your own heart and pay attention.
Well, BCs, I'll put the link to Dave's comment on today's show notes. And if you have some thoughts or encouragement to share for our kind and encouraging BC friend, please post a comment yourself or call the Bravery Hotline so I can put it in next show's afterthoughts. I was super excited to hear from BC Joe from the UK via comments on day 163. And Joe, here's a big smooch for your recent gift of virtual coffee to support the show. Joe writes, welcome to all the new BCs and hi to those who have been here for a while and thoughts to those who have visited and then left. Hey Lori, yeah, finally I met my PC when you posted a new episode and I decided as I am never close when I listen, I would write me and listen tomorrow. Never normal and happy not to be. Sorry I haven't been writing for a while, but I have been listening and sending everyone who shares their story lots of loves from the wings, especially you, Lori. You are my walking companion, and I miss the binge period of listening. Life with me is improving. An unexpected diagnosis for my illness last year has led me to seek help. Explains why Vegas was so horrendous exactly last year in a couple of days. I am feeling very brave and determined to get back to the me of yesteryear. We recently fostered our first dog from a local shelter before he was rehomed. It filled my heart, and he took a little of mine when he went. Life is slightly crazy until mid-July when we may do it again. Love you all lots and speak soon. But now you know the reason, often miss commenting. Looking forward to listening, XOXO. I commented back. Hi, Joe. It's wonderful to hear from you, and I am so glad you have had a diagnosis. It can be such a relief to actually know what we deal with. And I'm glad you decided to, quote, write you, unquote. No rules around here on how we share and how we support one another. Big hugs for fostering your fur baby. I can only imagine the heart wrench it is to let him go, even knowing it is to a fantastic forever home. All of our, quote, temp, unquote, cats have ended up being permanent cats, so we haven't ever actually bitten the bullet to try fostering. Love to you, too, and thanks for your gift. Mark and I really appreciate it. Hopefully you and I can be on another walk together again soon. XOXOXO. Donnie shared her empathy for my foot pain and also updates us on her life on day 163. Yay for new and returning friends. Very awesome. I'm saddened by your extreme plantar fasciitis, Lori. I too experienced that. However, it did not seem as extreme as what you're experiencing. I will tell you I found comfort in Asics brand sneakers. They seem to have the best built-in arch support and also wearing orthotics. I never went barefoot from the time I stepped out the bed. I stepped into a pair of Crocs. Barefoot is the worst. I was well tried to do a little stretching before getting up by pulling my toes up toward my knees while lying on my back before getting out of bed. Those few things seem to help. I hope you find something. That is the worst. Life has continued to be busy and crazy for me. I as well continue to jump through the hoops of trying to find out what is causing my symptoms. Going through the throes of wearing a heart monitor for 30 days, hoping that they find something. But so far, that's not the case. I was quite symptomatic, but it doesn't line up. To me, anything that coincided with heart rhythms or regularities. Ugh, frustrating to say the least. Just keeping on the search. Enjoying the season at least, here's that. My yard is continuing to come along and that makes me extremely happy. I look forward. That's what I can do right now. I answered, big hugs, Donnie. Yep, your plantar fasciitis remedies are all in my toolkit too, along with ice, foot rollers, cortisone shots, etc., 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 etc. I'm happy it's not even worse. 
I also had some painful, though benign, tumors in my left arch, though these have subsided for now. Usually I can get by, but if I overdo, especially walking on hard surfaces, I can go through weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of having to sit things out to recover. Very frustrating. But I can usually ride my bike and try to do that as much as I can, and I can do some modified yoga. As you say, I cannot go barefoot, ever. The good news is that hiking usually comes back to some extent as my path is on sandy soil in support of hiking boots, and it's one of the easier things. The hardest is I just can't go to dance class with Mark any longer. No matter what shoes or support I wear at this point, dancing on that hard floor does me in. But I try to focus on what I can do and see and experience and be grateful. Not always successful, as you know. I'm so sorry that you still have no answers for your symptoms. That has to be so frustrating. I'm glad you're enjoying the good weather and creating your own garden sanctuary. Our garden and my hammock are high up on my list of blessings. Take care, my friend, and I'm sending positive healing vibes your way, XO. And in order to help all of us develop more positive vibes like I talked about at the start of the show, we'll close out now with five tips for creating your own affirmations, positive affirmations, and three positive affirmations I'm using this week. Five tips for writing your own affirmations. Number one, take any negative thought that you have about yourself and flip it around to become positive. Here's an example from me. Oh, I look fat and ugly. What would be the opposite? Do you think you'd be thin and beautiful? Not really. What's under that negative thought is I feel badly about myself. So the opposite would be, I feel great about my body. Keep it short. If I went on and on and on about it, I wouldn't remember my affirmation. Three, you want to start every affirmation with I or my, because you're telling your brain something new about yourself to give yourself a new neural pathway to bring some positivity into your life. Four, you want it to be the present tense, not like I will feel good about my body someday, but I do feel good. And five, research shows that if you add positive emotion to it, it helps it work more quickly. So going back to my original example, I feel fat and ugly. Instead, I'm excited to feel great about my body. Now, you might say, well, I don't feel great about my body. How can I say that? Well, we all have something we can feel good about with our body. For me, every day I can take a step without pain. Yay! <laughs> or if you can see out of your eyes and look at the beauty around the world, if you can hear something, if you can hold your cat or your kid or give a hug to your friend, there's something about your body that you can legitimately love. And all you're doing, BCs, is celebrating the fact that you can love your body. How much time have we spent hating our body? That gets us nowhere, right? So again, take a negative, turn a positive. I feel great about my body. Make it short. I'm excited to feel great about my body. Start with I or my. I, excited to feel great about my body. Present tense, I'm excited to feel great about my body, not someday I'm going to feel great. And five, 
add that emotion. I'm excited to feel great about my body. Now, what I do is I try to keep three affirmations in mind to say to myself all day, whenever I have a moment, after I look in the mirror and say I love you like we talked about last time. I also keep it in cards so when I feel down, I can think about it. Here's a couple more. One of the negative thoughts I have is, oh, I always blow everything. So I turn that around. What's the opposite of blowing things? Is being successful. But I can't always be successful. What I can do, though, is instead of thinking about the negative outcome, to turn it around into just learning from any outcome. So I love learning from my bravery because anything I try is a piece of bravery, okay? So being brave for me is always a positive thing. And I love learning from my bravery. And this helps me a lot with auditions or going to class in front of a teacher that might be a big deal in the voice acting community that normally would make me nervous. Instead, I tell myself, I love learning from my bravery. Now, another one, (laughs) one reason why I work with all these affirmations is I tend to say stuff like, oh, I am so negative. Well, that doesn't help me to have a more positive life. So instead I say, I'm thrilled to focus on the positive. I'm thrilled to focus on the positive. So my three affirmations for this week are, I'm excited to feel great about my body. I love learning from my bravery. I'm thrilled to focus on the positive. So BCs, if you want to share your affirmations with me, call on the Bravery Hotline, use SpeakPipe, or email me your audio files off your phone or any other method. You can find all the ways on the How to Send Audio page on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com, and I'll be happy to put you on next time's Afterthoughts. Until next time, BCs, take care and develop your own positivity because I really, 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 in a zen-like way, really, 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 really care. Take a step back, look around. Breathe in the air, let down your hair, just listen to the sound. The joy we shared with friends who care and all the things we've seen.